What are the best ways to use video in your worship experience? We'll talk about it today. This is the definitive podcast for helping you plan, create, and execute dynamic worship experiences at your church. Useful, practical content in the areas of production, worship, communications, first impressions, and more. This is Making Sunday Happen. Hey friends, welcome to the podcast. Shorter episode this week as I'm chatting with my friend Ben Stapley. Now, we made the rounds a few months ago going to Church Facilities Expo, CFX, also SALT and other conferences, and we hung out at CFX and talked through your entire worship experience and where the best places to use video in your services would be. We'll also give you some tips and ideas on how you can use video that you might not have thought of in your worship experiences. All right, so my chat with Ben is coming right up. At 1230 Media, we are on mission with churches and ministries to help you visually communicate the gospel to your audience. We want to see the life change happen through salvation and discipleship through the local church. And one ministry that we partner with to do that is Outreach. We are in the trenches with the Outreach team. We go out to their headquarters in Colorado Springs once a year and do some long-range planning with them. We've had the privilege of helping them produce visuals for their annual church kit subscription. And through that, we've produced dozens of sermon kit graphics, sermon bumpers, invite videos, social media graphics and videos, countdowns, and more. And these kits go out to thousands of churches worldwide. It is an absolute privilege being on mission with Outreach. They have trusted us to produce visuals that help pastors communicate the gospel. And your visuals matter too. If you're a pastor or ministry leader with no creative team or your team is overloaded, we can help. You can learn more at 1230media.com slash custom. That's 1230media.com slash custom. Hey guys, Carl Barnhill here. I'm hanging out with Ben Stapley. Ben, let's talk through video in worship experiences, okay? So give me some ways that maybe we can incorporate video and ways that we can maybe make them creative. Yes, yeah, so we got great screens here. We're seeing this incredible content, but we see, we see this incredible delivery system. What's the incredible content that we can put on them to create dynamic services to pull people into our churches, to pull them closer towards our Savior? I'll, I'll probably go through the service flow and hit a couple of things. Before the yeah. service even starts, a great way is most churches will use it in terms of a generic welcome slide and a five-minute count, and that's good. That works. But it's really helpful if you have a videographer on staff to pull them in and say, hey, can we get, can we get some footage and show them what they're going to experience and create a, a 30, 45, 60-second sizzle reel of what your church is going to experience. That's really helpful to set the bar. It also builds up some excitement before the worship team takes the stage and everyone's still blind. You're trying to get the energy a bit up. So that's a great way, even before the service starts, to incorporate video. So you're putting that, you can also repurpose that for your website as well. You can throw that thing all over the place. Social, all of that. So yeah, let's definitely walk through a worship experience and kind of talk through all those different ways I can use video. So you're saying this is pre-service. Yep. As people are walking in, this is pre-countdown. So normally that would be announcement slides, mm -hmm. still announcement slides. You're saying that I can use video, do a sizzle reel of 
things I would see at the church? I would show the ministries. What all would I include in that video? I would definitely include things that they're not going to experience already. So stuff that's happening outside of your walls. People, when they're coming to church, they want to know that you are there as a house of worship for, for them and for the community. And not just say it, but show it. So what does it look like when we did our outreaches? Try to show as much things that they're not going to experience on that Sunday morning so they can get a better view of your church and what, what it looks like in the life of the community at large. How long should that be? Short and sweet. Uh, mainly because you're, if not, it's going to be a drain on the videographer. But I've seen great sizzle reels, 30 seconds. It gives me a snapshot of so what the church is. So would I do my is. slides and then drop that into my pre yeah, and, the, and I think I could see that landing the last 30 seconds. It kind of builds up that energy, and usually, you know, worship Into teams come countdown. out with a banger or the first song. The energy kind of builds up from just crickets, you know, from, instead of going from zero to 100, you place that there, and it incrementally builds up the energy in the service flow. Okay, so this is into the worship or into the countdown? I would throw it, I would throw, I would have it as a countdown. So that video's playing, Good. you know, 30 Good. seconds, 29. Bam, zero, worship goes right into it. Good. I've always felt that. The, the countdown is real estate in our worship experience that we rarely use. We can use that for promo videos. We can use that to show the life of our church. Uh, trivia about the message that's going to be preached coming up. Uh, facts, uh, you know, uh, uh, church announcements. We can throw a lot of stuff in that countdown. It's real estate that we don't use that often. Can you think of more ways? Uh, I could. I would be concerned with over-investing yourself because, again, you're going to have your smallest okay. audience there. So whatever you do create, think through. It has to be multi-purpose because if not, yes. I, don't wanna, I don't want my video editor making a, a video for 10 people that are seeing in the room unless I know it's landing on social, hitting our newsletter, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I totally agree. So as a video editor myself, video <laughs> producer, uh, you can definitely create that as a standalone piece and then put it inside of a countdown. I absolutely agree that as many places as I can use that one piece of content, because nobody's going to say, I've seen that. Wait a second, I just saw that on your social. Nobody ever says that. Uh, I would also say, I'm going to rabbit trail for a second and say that's same, the same thing is true for my sermon. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of churches are like, uh, what, what kind of content do I post on social media and things like that? Well, you have a You just have 45 minutes of content. <laughs> that all, all I got to do is take my pastor's notes and block that out into social media content. I can make videos of it, short devotions, like all kinds of stuff can come from the sermon. All right, so that's five-minute countdown. Mm -hmm. So walk me through the next step in the worship experience that I can use video. Low-hanging fruit. A lot of people already do it here, but probably motion, you know, let's call it out. Motion backgrounds would be the next thing that I incorporate. Um, and so I'm, I would, when I'm calling that out, I'm not saying encouraging churches to use it. They probably are. Probably a couple of pet peeves in relationship to how we use it. You're talking during worship. During worship, yeah. Okay. And so, you know, using a presentation software like ProPresenter, Easy Worship, something more than PowerPoint that allows you to put animated videos behind it. Uh, my biggest pet peeve when it comes to that moment, two things. One is the video loop. Make sure it's clean. I don't want to see a glitch every Good. 20 seconds. And the OCD in me, I'm just waiting for it. And there it is again. And I'm waiting. And there it is again. Make sure it's a clean loop. And then the other thing, too, since we're talking about this video and visual element, make sure that the lyric presenter is ahead of the curve. People can remember lyrics. They have a hard time prophesying what the next lyric's going to be. So that's been my biggest pet peeve. I'm always telling people halfway through that second line, go to that next slide. Go to it right away. So you're speaking my love language here. I know. I know. Uh, because I would say a couple of things on motion backgrounds uh, as well. I'm definitely a fan of seamlessly looping. You have to seamlessly uh, loop or people will notice that jump cut in, in it. Nature footage is sometimes the worst for that uh, because there's no 
seamless point uh, in there. And I'm not a big fan of what's called the palindrome, which is uh, going for 60 and then then okay. reverse okay. and then uh, then then back out. Water uh, from an ocean only goes one way. It doesn't reverse back out necessarily. You know, we can we can tell when that happens. Uh, so I would say, and this is interesting coming from a guy who owns a media company, that motion backgrounds are not necessarily necessary. You know, you can do a black screen with light, uh, white lyrics and it worked just fine. Uh, or you can do motion backgrounds. So great, excellent points on that. Also, leading lyrics that you mentioned, my rule of thumb uh, is the word before the last word. Okay. So word before the last word, I'm always a, I'm hit. aggressive. I'm a halfway through that last line. Okay, go, to, more. go to the next slide. Go to the next slide. I, I can be with you on that. So, uh, so th yeah, that's what I usually tell people is word before the last word. Are you a cut guy, dissolve guy? I'm Depends on the temp. Uh, it, it be, yeah, BPMs. But generally speaking, my default is going to be let's cut. Let's keep this moving. I, I, I'm with you there. I was going to disagree with you. I was gonna say cut every every time. I'm a fa I'm a fan of the cut. All right. So tell me ne next point. So we talked countdown. We talked motion backgrounds. Give me another place yeah. for video. Um, and probably the your announcements, your hosting, however you call it, would be the next way in which I incorporate it. Before I even jump there, the one funny aside in relationship to nature backgrounds. I went to a church once and they were using nature backgrounds and then a nice lake going on. And, and about 10 seconds into the, the loop, there was a, a family of ducks that came swimming into the animation. I was like, oh, that's beautiful. We're going we're gonna to watch them swim across the screen. No, they got halfway through and then they, dis they disappeared. Right. And everyone's like, oh, there's a little gasp in the church. Where'd they go? And, and then about 10 seconds later, another family of ducks came yeah. back in. Amazing that. And then every 20 seconds, we all kind of snickered as you know some vortex sucked these ducks away i don't know if there's a bermuda triangle effect going on but like you know we went to the media archive and like let's delete that guy and never use it again so Absolutely. you need to be careful especially with those nature loops so Good. the next way i would do it is probably in your your announcements we just had we got trunk or treat coming up this weekend we had somebody in our congregation say hey i came to the church for the first time the first event was your trunk or treat event and then we started attending. I've been saved. I've been baptized. I've become a member. This is all in the past year. We're like, that's fantastic. We're going to record what you just said and condense that into about a 45-second story. And so when we're calling people to participate, we're going to say, the reason we want you to participate is because lives get changed like this. Let's take a look. And so we threw to that. And even if you don't have a video editor to do that work, you can still pull someone up live and to have those type of stories yes. and to do it live. Now, it takes a skilled interviewer like yourself to keep it moving and to keep it condensed and brief, but you can do that live. But if you've got a videographer, do it via video. You can compress that narrative. You can keep the ums and ahs out, and you can throw visual support behind the story as well at the same time. My opinion now or later for the compliments? Later? Later. Okay. All right. So uh, I agree with you. And a picture will, will speak as well. If, if you have a good storyteller and your announcement person, uh, even just a picture of a life change, a family or whatever, that would, that would work as well. Are you a fan of video announcements? Are video announcements out? Or are they in? I have We're getting deep. Opinions. We're getting deep here. We're getting deep. Yeah, we are. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a fan when there's the economy of scale happening. If you're multi-site and you're getting to three, four, five campuses, I think video is great then because you get one stellar communicator, you get them in the studio, and bam, you're done. 
I'm a fan when it gets to that. But sometimes it's hard, especially you got a you know smaller campus, you got three services, and it's the you know it's the pastor's spouse. Whether or not they're a great communicator, they're up and they're doing it. It might not work. So I'm a fan of it when it comes to that. Um, but if you're single site, if you're only a couple of sites, don't invest the effort because that's a big investment from a videographer to record and to produce that. I think there's better videos that you can do than video announcements, unless you're pretty big and you're trying to get that out there across multiple campuses. 100% agree with you on that. I was at a large church in Mississippi and we chose to kill video announcements because I had a video producer that was under me that it would spend three days a week, nothing but video announcements. By the time you get the talent, by the time you get all the content from the ministries together, you know, it's one to three days of full-on work that was just much better spent doing life change stories other things like that. So I think it depends on your context. And the other thing too is I would say if you do video announcements, I think there's a great time to outsource your videos, um, but I think there's a good time not to outsource videos, even if your talent is a lower ability in terms of the production value or the presentation is to do it with that. Because at the end of the day, you may hear some outs and abouts in my Canadian accent. And if you're, if you're outsourcing a regional person that doesn't have the same accent than you do, it feels so artificial during that time. And people are sitting here and say, like, we're, we're a real church. We believe in authenticity. And then look, you got a guy with a Southern draw up there, but hey. you're up at, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Play to the crowd, play to the crowd. Yeah. Canadians. So, yes. So, you, you know, there's times to do that. That would not be a time because this, you're trying to say this is us, this is who we are, but we've hired somebody in California to do this in front of a green screen. Wah, wah, doesn't work. Totally agree. So I, I, I don't think they're completely out. I would agree with you that if it's a multi-site uh, situation. You have, you have this, yes. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> That's because, it, well, This isn't a sales pitch. Is it a, okay. So go sell me on it then. Why would you, why would you consider hiring out a video announcement when it, and especially no, if there's I, a regional no, accent going on? I don't think they're out of, I don't think you should completely stop. I can't, recommend for a church to completely stop doing video announcements like like they're out of trend no no i'm, I'm talking what I'm about I'm, I'm, I'm outsourcing it to somebody with an accent no no i would agree with you okay. on that i would say if it it needs to fit your as context. long as you agreed with me we can keep talking right <laughs> all right so what i was saying is the the trend of video announcements i can't say that's completely out because i would agree with you on a multi-site level uh, that if I have one person that I know can communicate clearly, like you were saying, and I know that the announcements will clearly translate to all campuses, and I might not have stable people at all campuses that can get on stage and host well, I know it, it's coming across at multi-site, I would still do it. Uh, but, but on the flip side, it takes an extreme amount of time. All right, so let's move to the next part of my worship experience. Let's say sermon bumpers. Ooh, sermon bumpers. S yeah. In or out? In. Um, I but trend. Not outsource. Oh, I, just mean. Uh, it, I would say it's still super. You're going to accuse me of sales pitching again. <laughs> what it's still super helpful because it has multiple purposes. It doesn't just play in your live services. You, you can use that promotional purposes. Um, it, it helps. It yes. really helps, especially if you think, you know, we used to say the average churchgoer is coming like one and a half times a month. And then we like, I don't know where we got that number from. I don't know if it's true. But whatever it was, it's decreased now. And so when you got somebody jumping in, and especially if you're, you're in Habakkuk, you're, you're going through a minor prophet. I have no context for this. Who is this guy? I don't, know what, I don't know what this is about. The bumper quickly gets people up to speed. For those people who are coming once a month, majority of your congregation, it gets them up to speed to see what's happening. Again, you can repurpose that beyond that. My, my, my only caveat is if you're having like, if your series are two to three weeks, 
I'd be a little concerned because that's a, that's a quick churn. But if you're doing a series every four, every five, every six weeks, I think you're getting the mileage out of that bumper at that point. I would agree. I, we have ask, uh, churches ask us all the time, how long should I play my, my bumper? Uh, meaning, like, can I play it all year long? My suggestion would be four to six weeks. That's about the life of a sermon bumper before you need a refresh. Now, if you're in one book of the Bible, let's say the book of Acts for the next six months, eight months, I would do it in parts. Acts part one, here's the bumper for Acts part one. Then after four to six weeks, change over to part two. Would you agree with that? Yes. And the other thing too is who are we producing the bumpers for? It's for our guests, the people who are coming in our audience. And I say that because it's not for our lead pastor. Our lead pastor is going to get bored with a bumper halfway through the series. They're seeing it before every sermon, before they take the stage, before every Sunday. They should get bored with it about halfway through. That's a normal tension. Like, I hate this thing. This thing sucks. Can we make another? Well, guess what? People in our audience have only seen it once. You've seen it 10 times. Let's be gracious and allow, realize that you've become bored with it as a lead pastor way before anyone else in the congregation has. So I think the bumper serves multiple purposes, like you were mentioning. It does set up, can set up the pastor's message. It can be a transitional piece on stage. Sometimes you need that 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 60 seconds to bring the podium in. It's a good transitional uh, element. Uh, I also want to vote again for repurposing that. Like you were saying, let's use that bumper not only in the worship experience, but use it on social media, use it on your website, use it, get as much legs out of it. So if you outsource that bumper to a company like ours, or if you have an in-house team making that, either way, uh, get as much mileage out of that bumper as possible. All right, so let's kind of round the, the service out. What's some other video that I can use toward the end of my worship experience? Probably the last one would be within the sermon. So we already talked about testimonials, so you can still throw those into your message as well. Another great way to use that is any type of entertainment clip. It might be a highlight from the news, what's been happening in culture. It might be a current television show that you're referencing. It may be a movie as well. Now there's some delicacies towards that in terms of where you're getting it from. There's a couple of sites that provide that as a paid service in which you're doing it legally. If you're going to the dark webs, just realize you're going to have to ask baby Jesus for forgiveness when you get to heaven. But, um, and really should, should ship to that as well. There are we're a lot more in tune to the online ramifications in terms of putting up copywritten material during a live stream where it'll get flagged and taken down and beyond taken down. I've had friends of mine in churches who are just like, yeah, we're going to keep doing this. We get notices from YouTube. We're just disagree. And then the whole account went down and they took the whole thing down. They lost all their subscribers. They lost their whole catalog because they were flaunting the law. So I'm not a legal expert, nor do I pretend to be one, but there are ways to do it legally and that you don't get flagged, but you engage people with that content. Yeah, so we were talking about this some um, in an earlier session today about the legality of that. And really, there's a couple of license areas. CCLI, CCS are for music. And then CVLI. If you have those three, you should be, uh, you should be covered. Um, but you're covered, but still your stream can get flagged. Absolutely. And you can't do anything about that. So you may be legally covered, but it goes dark during the experience. And to me, that's a non-starter. And so my, and, uh, you know, the, the platforms are changing. I think right now you can still get away with that on Vimeo if you host on Chop, which is fine. But if you're, if you're going to YouTube, if you're going to Facebook, it'll go dark when the experience happens, if the algorithm sees what's happening, and we've, you can try to work around it. Do we pitch up? Do we pitch down? Do we, do we change something so the algorithm doesn't, doesn't see it? My concern is just you called this whole community, this whole online campus to come, and then the whole thing goes down. That's not worth the gamble for me. My workaround is what I'll do is I'll narrate slides. So I've done it before where we record something unique for our online campus, 
and that we're, is different than what's happening live in our experiences. And we will, hey, you know, it, it, it's at the movie series. And I'll pull up slides and talk about the scene and talk people through it. And then the implications of the scene is one work around that. Good. All right, as we wrap, do you guys have any questions for Ben or I as far as video in your worship experience? Do you have anything, man? Okay. Awesome. Ben, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, Carl. It's been a blast. Hey, guys, I'm hanging out with one of our video producers, Christian Jones. Christian, talk to me about creating custom video content for the church. What kinds of work does our team get to do? Well, it's what I love about it is um, there's always something new with custom. Um, it's never, you know, it's never I, you know, get up in the morning, make my coffee and then do the same thing over and over. It's a new vision every day from a different, you know, from a different church, from a different, you know, ministry leader. And, you know, we get to bring their vision to life. So, I mean, that's that's and not only bring their vision to life, but also add in, you know, our own little touches here and there. And, you know, to get to see people's reaction um, whenever they're something that they envisioned is on the screen in front of them. Um, that's always a blast seeing people really excited like that. Yeah. Well, man, thanks so much for uh, just what you do for the team. Really appreciate your heart. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, guys, so this is episode number 395 of our podcast, and it's leading up to a big one, episode number 400 in just a few weeks. It's going to be a big celebration. I'm going to go ahead and share with you our guest for episode 400. You ready? It's Chris Tomlin. That's right. Tomlin will be in the house. Uh, his brand new tour is called Stories of Worship, and he's sharing the stories behind the songs of our time. If you are a frequent listener or viewer of this podcast, I'm giving you a special treat, insider info right now. Here's a little taste of my interview with Chris Tomlin uh, and the heart behind his new tour. Check this out. I've wanted to do this tour for a long time, and well, not not this tour, but this kind of night where I just thought, man, it would be amazing. My wife always says, when, when we leave your concerts, no one really knows who you are. You get up there and leave these great songs, these big songs. But personally, no one kind of knows who you are. Be that's great. great, man. I, I think that's a huge compliment to you. That like, I, I, you know, it's it's not a fame thing or it's not. The, the songs are the stars and the worship yeah. is the is the star. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go, go ahead. No. So I just thought, man, we want, it'd be really cool just to at some point to do a tour where i just share a little bit more and share a bit of where these songs come from and the stories and i have found that when i've done that and i've done like small gatherings that it has been like exponential the power of the songs of what they mean to people and when people hear some of the stories behind them or people come with their own stories of, of these songs so i think people will be very encouraged this night the show notes for this episode are available now at makingsundayhappen.com. It's going to be a big episode, guys, for my full 30-minute interview with Chris Tomlin. You'll have to mark your calendars for episode number 400 of our podcast. It's in just a few weeks. That full episode will be dropping on May 1st, and it was a privilege to chat with Chris about worship leading, the songs, what songs did he 
knew would be a hit? What song surprised him? What is the most cringe-worthy song that he's ever done? I asked him that question and more. It's all in that interview in just a few weeks. Mark your calendar, May 1st, episode number 400. It's going to be good. All right, next week I welcome powerhouse worship leaders and musicians in their own right, Todd Smith and Alan Hall from the group Sela. Now, this group has more than half a billion, with a B, streams of their music, over 4 million albums sold, 11 GMA Dove Awards to their credit. They are known for their huge anthems like You Raise Me Up, Press On, Wonderful, Merciful, Savior, and others. I'm talking with the guys from this group, Todd Smith and Alan Hall, about the best ways that you can use hymns in your worship experience. Are they dead? Should we still sing hymns? Why? How? We'll get into all of that next week. We'll go out there and create some incredible worship experiences at your church this weekend. I'll catch you next week. Making Sunday Happen is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your church, visit makingsundayhappen.com. Yeah.